Welcome everybody to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, and today we have Season 5, Episode number 12, and we are moving right along with our podcast. Didn't post last week. I was on vacation. I took a seven-day cruise. We left out of Galveston, Texas, and uh, sailed out to uh, uh, Belize and Mahogany Bay and Cozumel. And uh, man, it was nice. It was nice. Good weather. Great food. Uh, well, the, the food was good. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know that they they feed you 24-7. So you have access to pizza and ice cream and pizza 24 hours a day, ice cream and lemonade 24 hours a day on this particular uh, Carnival cruise ship. Um, you can get sandwiches made up to 11 p.m. at night. Then from 11:30 p.m. to about 1:30 a.m., they they have a, a late night snack with different sandwiches and pastas and fruit and cookies and stuff like that. So you eat constantly. Um, so I ate a lot. I relaxed. Um, if you follow me on social media, then you probably saw on Instagram that I posted a lot of pictures to my stories about what I was doing and where I was at and and how I just really enjoyed myself. So I had a wonderful, wonderful time. And this was my first time actually taking a family vacation at the beginning of the year. And I really enjoyed that because now I'm just like, let's go. Let's take on the year. Let's let's push forward. I, I got some agendas. I got some plans. I got some goals. I'm ready to take them on full steam ahead. It was like a shot in the arm for me. So I'm really, really excited about the rest of this month and the rest of 2020 and just really taking everything on full steam ahead. So um, if you have any any New Year's, quote-unquote, New Year's resolutions or you have goals for the year, make sure you have a plan. You know, you've heard me say that before when I'm talking about skill development. So make sure you have a plan that can help you reach your goals and achieve your your goals or your objectives for, for the upcoming year. So had a great time. Didn't post podcast last week. I wanted to, uh, but hey, life happens and things come up and you get to packing and planning and doing all these different things. And you look up, it's the night before and I was going to throw something together. I was going to repost an old uh, podcast episode and I just said, ah, you know, I got to get up early in the morning. So um, I didn't get around to it, but um, got a good one for you today. So Season five, episode number 12. Um, what I'm going to share with you today are my three golden rules of skill development. My three golden rules of skill development. Oh, before I get into it, uh, let me say this. Stay on after the episode and I will give you all my contact information. So I've had some different people reach out to me here lately and it's wonderful. It's great. Again, I don't mind people reaching out to me. I don't mind you sending me emails or, you know, or DMs on social media, if you have questions or if you want to talk, you know, just talk basketball, talk skill development. I had a uh, a really good long conversation uh, with a coach uh, about a week, two weeks. It was about two weeks ago now, um, and we talked skill development. Just got on. He asked me some questions. We talked. I probably was a little long winded, um, but we just we talked skill development. So I don't I don't mind I don't mind doing that. So y'all be. Y'all don't be afraid to reach out 
if you uh, want to talk some skill development or if you have a question, shoot me an email and I give you all the information at the end of the show. Uh, so don't be afraid to reach out. So I'm giving you today my three golden rules of skill development. Now, these rules are rules that I share with my players. It kind of sets the expectations for each for my sessions. Now, I don't give these to the players every single time we meet, but I tell them, especially on the first session, whether it's a group session or whether we're in the class or whether it's a one-on-one, these are my expectations. And I think it's very important to let the players know what the expectations are. Now, if you're a parent and you're working with your son and daughter, can you give them different expectations for every training session? Yes, you can. You could tell them, hey, in today's workout, today's session, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I need you to do. Okay, hey, I need a little more effort than last time. I need you to be a little more focused. You was kind of all over the place. So you do what you have to do with each session. Um, and you could tell them what you expect out of them, what you need, what's your goal, what's your objective. But set those expectations um, so you can hold them accountable. Okay, so... This is like a general overview that I have for the players that I work with. And I give them these three expectations. I let them know every time you come in, these are my expectations. Okay. So this is like the umbrella. Okay. And everything else falls underneath this. So I'm going to go through these three. I don't expect to keep you very long today. Uh, As you know, when I do an interview, Interviews are usually about 45 minutes, sometimes as long as an hour. Uh, that, and that depends on the coach and how much information they want to share with us. And then if it's if it's a solo show, I try to keep it on the 30 minutes. I think this one is going to be about 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes. Um, we'll just kind of see how it goes. So Coach TJ's three golden rules of skill development. Number one, uh, and this is the most important rule. You've heard this before. It's, it's, it's no magic. This is not a secret sauce. But the number one rule that I share with all my players is don't worry about mistakes. We have been conditioned as a society that mistakes or failing is a bad thing. Now, when I say failing, just because you fail at something doesn't make you a failure. Okay, so even when we were, when we were little, we were in elementary school, you know, we get a paperback. If we had 20 questions, we only got three of them right. It's like a big F will be on the paper. You got three out of 20. This is your percentage. This is terrible. You got to do better. You got to do better. And and I think we've conditioned ourselves to where if it's not perfect or it's not near perfect, then it's, it's a bad thing. And so, and everything is, you know, it, it depends on the situation that you're in. Um, everything is relative to the situation that you're in, but in, in sports in basketball specifically failing or quote unquote failure or mistakes are okay. Okay. That's how we learn. Um, you can go back and look at when Michael Jordan and the Bulls would lose against the Detroit Pistons. They would fail in those series. They would make certain mistakes. They would experience certain failures but they were able to learn from that to get over the hump to where then they could go off and win multiple championships. Uh, so you see it all the time. 
So when I tell a player that I don't want you to worry about mistakes, I tell them that mistakes are actually encouraged. Okay. I want them to make mistakes. I want to see mistakes. I want to see you lose control of the basketball. I want to see you miss shots. I want to see you, if if you're work, if we're working on making passes with your weak hand, I want to see you make that pass with your weak hand, even if it bounces three times to get to me. Even if you throw it and it goes 10 feet over my head, or even if you throw it and it goes way to the left or way to the right, or if it is down by my ankles, it doesn't matter. I just want to see you make the pass with your left hand. Don't worry about the outcome so much, but just worry about making that pass because I know eventually you make enough of them, you're going to get to where you can make that pass without even thinking about it. And I've I've seen that with players. Um, I work with players like, nope, you got to pass with your left hand. Nope, you got to pass with your left hand. Or if they're left hand, I know you got to pass with your right hand. And then I see them in competition and they'll do those things without thinking. So, Players have to understand you have to struggle. If you're wanting to get better, there's going to be some struggle to get from point A to point B. If we're wanting to maintain and just stay where we are, if we are complacent, then we don't have to struggle. Okay, we don't have to struggle. But in order to get to that next step, to get to that next level, to move up, to climb the mountain, whatever you whatever it is that you want to say, there's going to be some struggle. There's going to be some failing or quote unquote, some failure. Um, But as a coach, what I have to do is I have to find that sweet spot. Okay. I have to find that sweet spot where there's some struggle. All right. Right outside of that player's comfort zone, just beyond their ability. I have to be able to find that sweet spot where I can push them just enough to where they have to really struggle to taste or to feel or to gain or to grab or to touch that success, but it's not so far out of their reach to where they just struggle, 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 or they make mistake after mistake after mistake, or they fail, fail, fail to where they feel like they can't reach that objective because now I'm killing their confidence. I'm killing their, their belief in themselves. So we, we have to dangle that carrot right outside of there right outside of their reach to where, you know, they take a step and then they may take two steps back, but then they take a step and they may take another step back. But then next thing you know, they take three or four steps forward and they're like, oh, okay, I got it. Then I, I dangle out that, they carry it again. It's a little bit further outside their reach. They can't quite get it to where they have to have some, some more struggle. So um, that's what I have to do. Now, as a coach or as a player, or as a parent, whenever you're, and I'm sorry, not player, but if you're a coach slash trainer or you're a parent and you're working with um, your kid, don't be so quick to throw a player or your players a life jacket. Okay? Don't don't be so quick to, to, to throw it out there to them. Um, you got to allow them to, to quote unquote drown just a little bit. Okay? All right, so... Don't give them the answer. Don't always give them the solution. Sometimes you just got to let them figure things out on their own. Now, you can help lead them to a solution. You can help lead them to the answer. You can ask them questions that will get them to thinking a little bit to where then they can kind of figure it out on their own. Um, so a perfect example, there was a young lady I used to work with. Uh, she's in college now. She's no longer playing, but I used to. I was working with her and 
she was playing against a team who had a 6'2", 6'2", or 6'3", post player. And she do a great job on the perimeter making the move, and she attacked the basket, get in the lane, and she tried to come to a jump stop and shoot a jump shot over the post player. So the first time she did it, boom, she blocked it. So she came back down the court. A couple trips later, she made a move, get in deep, got too close, tried to shoot again, boom, she blocked it. And I could tell she was getting frustrated. So after the game, I asked her, I was like, okay, and, and she might have done it a third time. I don't know if the shot got blocked. I, I can't remember if she did it a third time, but I know the shot didn't get blocked, but I think she ended up alter, you know, uh, altering her shot or doing something to try to get a shot off. And so I kept asking, I said, you tried the same thing over and over again, and it didn't work. You know, what could you have done different? And she was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Every time I go in, she blocked my shot. And so I kept, you know, poking at her, asking her questions, trying to get her to understand that you needed to do something different. You know, hey, maybe you get into the lane. She commits to blocking your shot. You give her hesitation and you go by. Maybe you change direction. Maybe you pump fake. Maybe you don't get as deep. But I had to keep asking her questions to make her think. Not I don't I don't want to think for her. If I tell her, hey, do this, don't do that, do this instead, then that's what she's going to do. But she's not going to really think about the situation that she's in. So we don't want to necessarily just give them the answers or give them um, the solution. Uh, just like the saying goes, uh, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. So we want to teach our players to fish. We don't want to give them fish. Oh, you hungry? Here's, here's, you know, here's some fish. Go eat on this. Oh, oh, you hungry? Okay, here's some fish. No. Oh, you hungry? Let me show you how to fish. Let me show you how when you hungry, you can come out here anytime you want and fish. So when I work with players, even though I make a living off of being a skill development coach and trainer, I'm always telling players and giving them information of what they can do on their own. Typically speaking, just from my experience, I work with players on one day a week. If I'm doing a private session, it's one day a week. So that means they got six days out of the week, six other days out of the week. They got to work on their game on their own. So it would be selfish of me to only teach them to work with me and not to teach them how to work by themselves. Okay, you see what I'm saying? So I got to teach them how to fish. I can't just, oh, let me show you how you do this, do this, do this, do this. No, you've got to learn how to do this on your own. So you can feed yourself and not be dependent on me to give you all the information and solutions. Okay, so in order to do that, when players make mistakes or we're encouraging them to make a mistake, here's some of the coaches and trainers and parents, definitely parents. Y'all got to understand. If you're working with a, with a player and you're telling them it's okay to make mistakes, you have to make sure that the environment that they are in is safe enough to where mistakes are welcome and players are not judged by the mistakes they're making. So don't tell a player it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. And then when they do make a mistake, you're fussing at them for, for, for messing up. So here's, here's something um, that was told to me by a player 
And it just it just baffled me. It blew my mind. I didn't. It made no sense to me. So we all know when it comes to skill development, we're trying to get better, right? Trying to improve. And we know that when we're learning to do something, I don't care what it is. In the beginning, you're going to make mistakes. Okay, you just are. You're not going to do it perfect. I don't care what. I don't care what it is. I don't care how good you are or how gifted you are naturally. You might be able to pick up on some things quickly. But in the beginning, there's going to be a little bit of struggle. Okay, everybody struggles differently. Some struggle for an extended period of time. Some struggle very, very small. But there's going to be some period of struggle. Nobody can just learn how to just know how to do something that they've never done before. Okay, now you might pick it up pretty quickly, but there's going to be some type of struggle. So with me, with me, when I look at skill development, I know that there's going to be some mistakes. So I'm already conditioned my mind to know that this player is going to struggle. Okay, and even if I show them something and they pick it up pretty quickly, my job is to make them struggle to get them to continue to grow and get better. So I had this player and I kept telling them, like, look, don't worry about mistakes. Why are you so worried about making mistakes? So we were doing a ball handling drill because I was telling them, hey, you need to go quicker, go faster so you can make some mistakes. And they were like, uh, I don't want to make I don't want to make mistakes. I'm like, well, why? So that's how you grow. That's how you get better. That's how you learn. And he told me that his AAU coach will have them doing two ball drills. Okay, on the move, two ball drills. And he said, if we lose control of the ball, we have to run. And that just drives me crazy. That makes no sense to me. It never makes any sense to me why I would punish a kid or or a player. Really, when I say kid, it doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't make any sense to me why I would punish somebody by making them run line drills or sprints for trying to get better. Okay. Now, there's something, there's there are some other reasons why I can make the, I can punish them, which I get into here in a minute. But for making a mistake, if if you're if if we're doing a drill and I'm saying, hey, we're trying to get better, push yourself, go faster, go quicker, and then the player is pushing himself and he's going as quick as he can, he's losing control of the ball, then I get mad and say, all right, on the line run, because you you keep losing the basketball. Doesn't make any sense to me. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I could, <laughs> I could be wrong. I may be the only person that agree with that. That that that, un, that doesn't understand why you would make a kid or make players run when they're trying to do something to better themselves, but we but they make mistakes. It just I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. Okay, but I don't I don't see that. So the environment has to be safe to where players can feel comfortable getting outside their comfort zone, because if a player knows that they mess up, they're going to have to run or they're going to come out the game. They're going to play reserved. If they play reserved then they're going to start thinking too much, if they're thinking too much, then they're probably going to make mistakes because they're going to second guess everything that they do. Oh, I'm open. No, wait, can I shoot? Yeah, let me shoot it. And then they shoot it. It's too late. It's a bad shot. It's a rush shot. It's blocked. Now the coach is frustrated with them. They take them out the game. Or, oh, I should drive. No, let me hold it. Oh, call for a travel because I shuffle my feet. So it's those type of things. So we have to make sure that they're in an environment where they can they can excel 
um, by making mistakes and understanding it's okay to make mistakes. Okay. So as a coach, I have to target the struggle. Know where the player is from a skill standpoint and know where their potential is. Okay. And when I know where that potential is, I got to put them in a, in a situation or an environment that would challenge them. Okay. So again, that goes back to, you know, taking a player from point A to point B. You have to know where you are. You have to know where your potential is of where you can go and then put them in a situation where they can help reach their potential or reach their destination. Okay. So that's, that's my number one rule is mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. So I gave you this long bit on why I feel that way. Uh, the other two, other two go to rules I have is, is not quite as long, but don't worry about mistakes. So Coach TJ's three golden rules of skill development. I tell my players, number one, don't worry about mistakes. Number two, give effort. Give effort. Okay, when I'm getting ready to work with a player, 99.99% of the players that work with me, there is an exchange, okay, between me and that parent. That parent gives me dollars or money. I give them my expert uh, knowledge or experience that, that will help that player with their confidence and their skills and their abilities and their technique. And hopefully they could become a better basketball player to reach their potential. And everybody's potential is, to, is different. Uh, I was having a conversation with a, with a trainer before. Not everybody's goal is to play in college. Some is just high school, but I want to be the best high school player I can be. And that's it. And that's cool because the majority of the players I've worked with don't or did not get the opportunity to play in college. But there are other things that I try to teach them outside of basketball um, and build with them that help them in life. Okay. All right. So uh, we have to give effort. So, no matter how many mistakes they make, they always have to give me effort. Here's what I feel. If a parent is going to invest in their child, if a parent is going to invest in that child, or if a professional player is going to invest in themselves with a trainer, or a coach is going to invest um, funds for his team with a trainer to come in, they have to give effort. You don't, as a player, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your trainer's time. You don't want to waste your parents' time. Notice I, I didn't say anything about money. Okay. Money is something you can always earn back. If a parent came to me and paid me $50 for a training session and it didn't go well, that parent can do something to earn that money back. They can do something. I don't know, work a couple of extra hours on a, uh, at their job. If they're on an hourly, you know, wage, they could take some stuff to consignment that they don't have that they don't use or wear anymore. They can always do something to earn back their money, but you cannot earn back your time. So don't waste anybody's time. So when you're going to somebody that's a private trainer or a private coach, you must give effort. And that's what I tell them. You have to give me effort because you want to be here. I'm only here because I am hired to do a job. 
And it's a great job and I love doing it, but don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your parents' time and don't waste your parents' money. But again, your parents can always earn back their money, but they can't earn back their time. So don't waste my time by coming in and not giving me the effort that you need to give. Okay. Now, what I'm doing is when a player comes in and, you know, and I tell them, hey, you give me effort. That's what I need. I need you to give me effort because I'm developing a habit of consistent effort. Don't come in and give me effort for effort for the first five minutes. Don't give me effort for the first 20 minutes. I need effort the whole 60 minutes. And every time you come in after that. So whether you're working with a with a coach or trainer um, for 60 minutes, one day a week, whether you're going uh, in a small group setting with two or three other players multiple days out of the week, or if you're going in a class multiple days out of the week, you chose to be here. The coach is not there if there's no players. But as an individual player, you chose to be there. You chose to come to get better. So you need to give the effort. Okay. Now, here's a little side note when it comes to effort. And this can apply to skill development, but it really applies to a game. Your effort, and this is totally different, different type of thinking. Your effort must be smart. Okay. So here's what I mean. Some players will be given effort and they make a mistake and then they try to make up for that mistake and their effort is not smart and they end up compounding the problem. So let's say you, you're playing real hard, but you come down on offense and you take a bad shot and you know, you take a bad shot. So you try to make up and make up, make up for it on defense. The other team gets the rebound. They're dribbling down the court. You're guarding the ball. You're being, you're giving great effort, but you just, you're, just making a, a dumb mistake. Um, you're getting back on defense. You're guarding the ball. You're being overly aggressive. You pick up a foul. So you went from, you know, a bad shot on offense to where you're picking up a stupid foul on defense. Or you try to get a steal and you slap somebody or the other team gets the rebound. You're trying to guard the ball 90 feet away from the basket. You pick up a foul. So now you just compounded that. So you have to be smart with your effort. Okay. You're playing hard, but you're not being smart. So I want to teach players how to give effort. I want them to come in and give me effort. Now, this is one thing I, 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 I tell them. I don't coach effort. I don't. Because I'm a private coach. I am a, I am a, a hired coach. Okay, I'm not coaching effort. Because... Your parents took the time to go online and schedule a session or to contact me to schedule a session. And they're saying that your that they're telling me that their child will be at the gym on a certain day from a certain time to a certain time. So I shouldn't have to come in the gym and say, hey, Jimmy, John, Jack, Terry, Sarah, Melissa, I need more effort. I'm not I'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to motivate you. Okay. That's I've played my basketball. You know, I, I still got videotapes from, from when I played in college 20 years ago. But you know what? My time is over with. I can live in the past and be like, oh boy, you know, I did this, I did that, but it doesn't amount to nothing. 
because I don't play anymore. Okay. Um, so I need that player to give me effort. So my three golden rules of skill development. Number one, don't worry about mistakes. Okay. We have to live right outside of our comfort zone. We got to find that sweet spot to where the player struggles just enough to get them to that next step. Number two, they have to give me maximum effort. Okay. Now, I don't like the word games. And here's another quick little sign off before I move to the third point. I don't like the term so much of game speed. And I'm going to tell you why. And this may be something totally different than you've ever heard before. The reason why I don't tell players to go game speed is because we don't know what game speed really is. How can, how can you determine if somebody's going game speed? I mean, I want y'all to think about that. Really, think about it. What is game speed and how does that look? How can you determine if a player is going game speed? And, and the reason why I say it is because there's so many factors that affect game speed. Okay? Who you're playing, where you're playing, uh, the environment that you're playing in, is there a band there? Are they playing music? You know, is this a rival game? You know, are you playing against your best friend? You know, so you, are you playing against your former AAU teammates? Are you playing against your AAU coach who coaches a high school that's across town? You know, there's a number of different things that go on into how you play. Your adrenaline. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into how you play in a game. So typically, um, I know when I play the night before a game, I will always make sure to give me enough rest. So if I was going to bed at 11, 12 o'clock, and I was all right, I got a game tomorrow, I need to get in bed probably tonight by about 10.30. So that would help me, you know, give me a little more energy. Um, you know, I would eat something so many hours before the game. But when it came to practice, I didn't do that. So there are some factors that would affect game speed, quote unquote. So I don't use the term game speed, but I do tell players to give me their maximum effort. If, if I can get players to give me maximum effort every day in practice, then they're going to give that same maximum effort. It's going it's gonna to be very similar to, to a game. But we, we can't determine what game speed is. I mean, we just, we can't. You can't simulate what you're going to face in a game. We can try. We can get close, but it's just totally different. Okay, it's totally different. So if you're a high school and you normally have six, seven, eight hundred people at your games or even a couple thousand at your games, when you're in practice, if you're in practice, the only way you can simulate that game is to have is to replicate the same environment. But we're not. Okay, so I don't use the use the term um game speed, but I do tell players to give me max effort. Okay. All right, so. Uh, let's get on because I've, I've surpassed the 30-minute mark. Coach CJ's three golden rules for skill development. Number one, don't worry about mistakes. Number two, give effort. And then number three, and this is this is really, really important. I need them to give me the willingness to learn. I need them to give me the willingness to learn. Okay? So, players must be open to new ideas, concepts, techniques, um, you know, all these different things that I may throw at them. Now, if this this is 
some players I get, they're very stubborn in the beginning. They don't want to do anything different. They're they're comfortable with, with who they are. Um, and I ask players, do because when if we're working on shooting, I ask them, do you consider yourself a good shooter, a bad shooter, or a streaky shooter? 95% of my players consider themselves streaky shooters. Um which they're lying to themselves. A lot of them are bad shooters. But here's the thing. If they're not willing to learn something new, if they're not willing to be open to new ideas, they're going to continue to be a streaky or a bad shooter. So you got to give me the willingness to learn. Um, Be willing to try. Be willing to fail. Be willing to try again. Be willing to make mistakes. Be willing to try again. So that is really, 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 really important. They have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Okay, so learning sometimes when we're learning something new, we're learning something different. In the beginning, it can be uncomfortable. In the beginning, we can make mistakes. In the beginning, we can fail or we can experience failures. But we have to be willing to learn. We have to be open to new ideas. So if you're in sixth grade and you've only heard from your dad who played high school 40 years ago and he only knows how to do things one way or says, it, oh, you got to do it this way. And then I come behind and say, well, that's not totally true. This is, you know, this is how I teach it. If you're stuck in that way of what your dad says, and, and, and I want you to understand something. I'm not saying I'm the only one to know how to do stuff, but if you're stuck in a certain way, you're not willing to try something because what you've always done is giving you just a little bit of success. But what I'm going to tell you or what I'm going to show you is going to give you even more success. Then if you're not willing to learn, then then we're going to have an issue. Okay, so players got to be willing to learn. So my three golden rules of skill development. Number one, don't worry about mistakes. Number two, you got to give effort, preferably maximum effort. And number three, they have to have the willingness to learn. Okay, so that is it. That's what I have for y'all today. I appreciate y'all listening. Of course, I try to keep it under 30 minutes and I'm creeping up on 35 minutes. So before I let you go real quick, let me give you my contact information. Um, You can find me on the website, tjonesfirm.com. That's T-J-O-N-E-S. F-I-R-M.com. Um, now, my my website has all the information about what I do and, and services I offer. Uh, but if you want to read my book, my, my book can be ordered. I have I released a book last year, last January. It'll be a year uh, at the end of this month. Yeah, at the end of this month, it'll be a year. Um, so it's a skill development playbook. It's a paper is available in paperback and as a Kindle or PDF download on my website. Um, it's 82 pages. It's got some really good information. So if you're a beginner and you're getting into skill development, I highly recommend that you read it. If you're a parent and you work with your kids, I highly recommend that you read it. If you are a seasoned coach, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or however long you've been coaching, whether you do Skill development or whether you coach a team, I highly recommend you read it. Um, sometimes we have this thought that we don't have to read certain things because, you know, 
oh, I've already, I already know everything there is to know. But only thing I ask you to do is read it with open mind. Um, and uh, you, you, you might learn something. Or what I really want is to get just to make you think. Okay, make you evaluate your program. You know, do I do you need to make changes? Do you need to consider this? Do you need to, you know, mix this up a little bit? And if I can get you to do that after reading my book or listen to my podcast or speaking with me in any kind of way, then I've done my job because we have to understand it's cool to have different thoughts, different ideas, different concepts, because that's how the game grows. If we all thought the same, the game would not grow. So even if you see somebody doing something you just do not agree with, that's perfectly fine. Um, but we have to we have to all think a little bit different in order to make the game grow. Somebody had to think outside the outside the lines, outside the box, right? I mean, think about the three point line that was added, and think about now how much of the game relies on the three pointer, right? So um, somebody decided, you know what? I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a zone. Somebody decided I'm gonna do a press. So. The game evolves. The game changes. We have to be open to change. So um, y'all be sure to check out my books. It's tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. has all the information about my book. Um, it even has some testimonials or some quotes from some former coaches, USA coaches, NBA coaches, high school coaches, some other college coaches. So y'all be sure to check that out. Also, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at NBNBball. Uh, LinkedIn, you can look me up, TJ Jones. Also, I really want to say a big thanks to everyone that listens and subscribes to my my podcast. It's much, much appreciated. I had someone send me a message on Facebook the other day. I have some people that I connect with on Instagram that I'm always messaging and liking their stuff and they're liking mine and they're asking me questions. Uh, LinkedIn, I connected with somebody and we were able to hook up on the, you know, on the phone and talk. And, and I just appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all. When, when I get a message from someone that says they listen to the show and they find some value in it, it means a lot because it, it gives me that, that shot in the arm to keep going. Uh, you know, sometimes I sit here and I'm trying to think, okay, what do I want to talk? What am I going to talk about? Uh, uh, what do people want to hear? What do people want to listen to? <laughs> you know, so it's 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 refreshing. It's appreciative, um, and I and again I thank everybody. So y'all be sure to go out and uh, let it let other people know too about the show. If you think this this podcast is has some type of value and, and someone can learn from it or someone can benefit pr- from it, please let them know. Also, um, if you are Listening to it on iTunes, be sure to give me a five-star rating. I truly appreciate a five-star rating um, and also to subscribe to it. Um, my downloads are starting to grow, so I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of everybody. So that is it. Uh, again, big thanks to everybody that listens. Be sure to share and spread the word to everybody. And until next time, thank y'all. God bless.